0: Hello there, Stephen Peters here with Dr. Rob Zamet And welcome to the first episode of The Doggy Pod.
3: And we hope you enjoy The Doggy Pod. I mean, they say dogs are not our whole life, but I'll tell you what, they make our lives whole. So we hope you love The Doggy Pod.
0: Well put, Dr. Rob. Um, this is a show all about dogs, how to look after them, how to train them, what to feed them, and really, just why we love them so much. On today's show, our celebrity dog breed is the Portuguese Water Dog. Two of them, in fact, and they're owned by one of the most famous families in the world. We're going to talk about how often you should bath your dog. Why does my dog sniff every other dog's bum? And uh, most importantly right now, can my dog get coronavirus? But before we get into that, uh, Rob, the clinic, what, what happened uh, What happened at the vet clinic <laughs> yeah, this week? I'll tell you
3: what, it was like an episode of Starsky and Hutch for you old folks like me, or uh, a police show, or police academy. Seriously, sirens were blaring coming down the driveway and there was a car in front. Uh, Before the man got out of his car, the police came out of their car with guns drawn. I was taken aback because I'd come out to see what was going on. I thought, "Uh uh-oh, the gentleman jumped out with his dog. Unfortunately, his dog was shaking like crazy because the dog had eaten snail bait. So we will talk about dogs and poisons and things, but the police understood, gave him a fair warning, they were pretty fair about it. So why would your dog eat snail bait? Is there something tasty in it? Very much so. It's brand based and it tastes, you know, just like a nice cooked crispy biscuit. So they are attracted to it. Snail baits some of them have on it are not attractive to dogs. They make it specially so it's not attractive to your pets. But then there's a, a rider on it underneath. But if your dog eats it, make sure you take it away. All snail baits are attractive to dogs, and if a dog eats it, it's an organophosphate poisoning. That means they start them seizuring, and they keep seizuring until they die. That dog had to be put into a coma. We did it with an anaesthetic called propofol, which is the same anaesthetic they use on you and I. We then put a tube down his throat, put him on the ventilator, and kept him anaesthetised, would you believe, for 24 hours before we could let him wake up fully. We had to lavage or, if you like, wash out his stomach and had to do the same at the other end because he'd been eating this for quite a few hours and get as much of the snail bait out as possible. Give him an antidote and then put him on an intravenous drip to give him supportive therapy while we got him through it. Not all dogs are as lucky as this one. He did make it, but keep well away from snail bait in your garden if your dog can access it. Please don't use it. It seems to make
0: sense to me, to be honest. But um... later in the show, Doctor Rob talks to one of Australia's most famous and enduring personalities about his life with his dogs—none other than all-round good guy Ray Martin. Before we get on to coronavirus, yes, so quick chat about that. I just want we we we're going to have a little quiz each week, which we'll give you the answers to um, later in the show. <music> So our first quiz is, you have a choice of A, B, C, or D. What is the oldest dog breed in the world? Is it A, German Shepherd, B, an Irish Wolfhound, C, a Saluki, or D, a Norwegian, is it Lunderhund? How do you pronounce that? Lapund. Lapund. Norwegian Lapund. So A, German Shepherd, B, an Irish Wolfhound, C, a Saluki, Or de a Norwegian, what Rob said? We'll give you the answer to that uh, later in the show. Now, let's just talk, uh, if we can, Rob, about coronaviruses, because I know a lot of people would be worried, can my dog get COVID-19?
3: No. There's no evidence evidence that dogs can get COVID-19. That's not to say that they don't have their own brand of coronavirus. Coronavirus in dogs, the canine coronavirus, causes uh, stomach upset. It causes a lot of diarrhoea, which has to be, of course, treated. But the good news for dog owners is that your dog can be vaccinated against that virus. Your dog can have a coronavirus vaccine. It's readily available and your veterinarian can start that straight away. If your dog has not been vaccinated against it, go and see your veterinarian about a coronavirus vaccine. But COVID-19, there is absolutely no evidence that dogs can neither uh, catch this nor carry it from one to one person or another so dogs have been getting a version of coronaviruses for years yes quite a long time we yeah you know, as usual dogs are way ahead of humans and they've developed a vaccine for themselves so it's pretty good The one interesting thing about this talking about COVID-19 is what they're doing with dogs in the UK they are training dogs to pick up people that have the, the virus. Even before the person has a fever, even before the person shows any symptoms, the dog can pick up that, uh-oh, you've got incoming, you've got COVID-19 coming in. Can you believe that?
0: What well, how does that work? How does the dog do that?
3: Well, through their sense of smell. They have a sense of smell thousands of times better than humans. And there are dogs already trained to pick up cancers in human. You know, The human goes by and the dog will smell it know straight away and say yep this is where to look for a cancer and so you know doctors can start honing in sometimes you can do a blood test on say a human being say look you've got a cancer somewhere in your body we're not too sure where dogs can actually hone in almost on the the part and I've had that happen in the clinic with my clients where they said the dog kept nosing into one spot all the time on my body I went to the doctors and sure enough they found a cancer there and the dog saved my life dogs can pick up uh, people that have malaria, because they exude a different smell as well. So before your blood test, the dog can tell you, mate, you've got to go and get uh, yourself tested for malaria and treated for malaria because you've got incoming. And yes, the, the UK government are taking this very serious. They've put five hundred thousand pounds to training dogs to pick up COVID-19. So long before you have to have a thermometer inserted into your uh, body or a light shine on your forehead to tell you how hot you are, your dog, trained properly, will be able to tell you if you've got problems coming in with COVID-19. All the more reason why we should all have a dog, I reckon. <laughs> well, look, they are amazing creatures, are they not? Now,
0: while we're talking about dogs and their ability to sniff, what is the story? Why do dogs always go and sniff another dog's bum? It's pretty much the first
3: thing they do. The back of the a dog... On his tail, on the top of the tail, there are scent glands. At they, the they, at the end of the tail. At the no, not the end. About halfway or about third further way down the tail, there's a little. If you have a look at any dog, you'll notice a little triangle of unusual hairs on there. They'll often be stiffer. Some dogs have a little ball patch in that area, almost very thin, because the dog has what's called supracordal gland, or some people call it violet glands, but they're basically their scent glands. They exude a sense of smell and they're a little bit like to another dog they're a fingerprint they know that dog's smell and and also the dog will exude slightly different smells if he's scared or aggressive or whatever those those glands exude a sense of different oils and it can be slightly varying from even within a dog and it can be saying look i'm quite friendly my smell, I'm not aggressive, everything's well with the world. And they communicate through these smells that they exude to each other. And so they come up to our bottoms and say, hmm, what smell have you got? I can smell there's something there, because they know. (laughs) We don't realise, but maybe we need to be a bit uh, clever in that department. So... So the tail itself is what actually gives off a scent. Is that what you're saying? There, there are two areas. There is a part. The glands are on the tail. Yes, on the tail itself, and of course under the tail, near the opening of the bottom of the dog, there are two glands. You can called, say you can say bum bum. Um, so the there are two glands called anal glands. They secrete a lot of really nasty smells from that area anal glands territorial fear they express them if they're scared they will let go of those anal glands when they're scared and uh, to try and distract uh, a an aggressor towards them and so there's two areas but very often it's just those scent glands on the tail that they're smelling each other to see who are you so for us what might be something as a human
0: would be quite rude for them. It's <laughs> it's pretty much hi, how are you going? Uh, yeah, they're
3: shaking hands. And so they're what shaking, sort of mood are you in today? Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're shaking nose and tail. They look at us and think, oh my gosh, shake their heads. I think at times the things that we do, um, and they sometimes do not understand us. I guess because we don't even understand each other. <laughs>
0: Because I know we're going to talk about this in future episodes, but, I mean, dogs
3: can really sense humans' feelings, can't they? Oh, yeah, very much. They're very attuned, not just to our sense of smell that we exude. That, you know, if we're a little bit frightened, we will have a different sense of smell. But well, there's also little tiny nuances that we do that we don't pick up on that the dog can. The dog will see the way we're sitting, the way we're posturing you know, our, our eyes, you know, how big our eyes are, how much our eyes might be drooping, our lips, everything. They pick up on it straight away. And you'll see it. I mean, people that own dogs will tell you, yes, I was really sad. And my dog just kept very quietly come nudging me so that, cheering me up. And nothing cheers anybody up like a, a dog wanting a pat. If you can't cheer up when you're pat, patting a dog, you know that your blood pressure drops just when you're patting a dog?
0: No, I didn't yeah. know that.
3: If you're having blood pressure problems, go and find your dog and give it a pat. Your your blood pressure, scientists will tell you, blood pressure drops straight away. Heart rate drops straight away. And we all know if you have depression, get yourself a dog. It really can help. Of course, for some time now, uh, we've been taking
0: dogs to uh, retirement villages and places like that because they're such a great comfort for, for older people that may not have a lot else happening in their lives.
3: Oh, yeah. Look, that's very, very important And don't they look forward to it, those people? I I do that as well. I go to um, some hospitals and your dog has to be passed. Your dog has to be healthy. It has to have the right temperament. You don't want to take a dog in there that's going to uh, jump on someone that's over-exuberant. You don't want to take a dog in there that's going to be aggressive and bite someone, of course. Mm. It's got to be a, a nice dog that's laid back and loves being patted by everybody. And they just cheer everybody up. In nursing homes, when you take your dog in, And um, I've certainly done that many times. Everybody comes out and wants to pat the dog and be with the dog. Or some people even want to take the dog for a walk. It's just unconditional love. I mean, what do they say? Uh, The dog is the only person that will love you more than anyone else for their whole life.
0: Now, while we're talking about our dogs and smelling and everything else, I had to give my dog a bath yesterday, which I've been doing sort of weakly lately because um, for some reason she's been extra smelly. Now, she seems to quite enjoy it, but I don't know that that's the same with all dogs enjoying a bath.
3: No, no, it's how they're introduced to it in the first place and to some extent the breed, there are certain breeds and we'll talk about the breed later on in this episode that does love the water. But um, if you introduce any dog properly to baths, then it's a lot of fun. Some people say, oh, give them treats while you bath. Yeah, if your dog is turned on by food. Not all dogs like treats. There are other ways that you can train your dog to enjoy a bath. And it's important because, as you said, at the moment, the weather has been moist and so the bacteria, yeah, your dog's skin picks up some of that moisture and the bacteria grow and that's what the smell is. It's bacteria that's causing the smell on your dog. And we like to get rid of it because we don't want your dog to get infected. Uh, with those bacteria. It's very important that we wash them and you know, what we might want to wash them with. You can use some of the doggy soaps. You can also use, and I use this quite frequently when in bad weather when it's a lot of smell around, I use like an iodine wash. Not pure iodine, mm-hmm. uh, not iodine that you mix with the water, but they're, they're iodine washes. Surgeons use it. We use it all the time when we scrub our hands before surgery because it kills fungus and bacteria. And so an iodine wash can often be a good thing. You can pick some up. Uh, some pet shops will have them. They'll sell them a lot for other animals like horses, and they work quite well on So your if dog. you went to a pet shop and asked for an, an iodine wash? They might, yeah, they might have to get dent in for you. Right, um, yeah. Most pe- good pet shops will know about it. Really good pet shops will actually stock it. Is there anything we shouldn't use to wash our dogs? Well, any of the, and I've had people use some very caustic products. You remember, your dog's skin is more sensitive than yours. Our skin's not covered with fur all over. Theirs is. So it's pretty sensitive. Be very aware of what you're using uh, on your dog. Any of the big cleaning products, the disinfectants and things, don't use them. What about about human shampoos? Some of the human shampoos can be very you know, irritant. So I, I would talk to your veterinarian or tell you, the other good per- person that people bypass all the time, the veterinary nurse or the veterinary technician. They are brilliant people, well-trained, and they can guide you as to what might be good to wash your dog in. Um, there is a, in Australia, we have a, a, a particular shampoo that I do recommend made for humans. It's called Selsun selsun gold or selsun blue but i tell people to get the selsun gold selsun gold used to be called selene and it was made for dogs and cats uh, But then someone found it was better to market it for the human market which is a bigger market and so they stopped making it for dogs but sometimes dogs with itchy skin i'll tell people try some some selsun gold and see if that helps
0: Okay. Now, a couple of days ago, Rob caught up with well-known journalist, presenter, multiple gold Logie winner. He's tried his hand at comedy, and he's even had his portrait featured on an Australian stamp. None other than Ray Martin, and dogs have always played a big part in his life.
2: You've won awards for doing really great interviews and great jobs, but what has always come through since the midday show and every other time I've seen you, your compassion and love with animals especially, you've got a great affinity with animals. I've seen that um, when they've come onto your show. What's it like in real life? What's your dog like? Tell us about him. It.
4: Yeah, it's, it's my daughter's dog, Although I claim that, that he's mine. It's a Border Collie. Um, he's, uh, his name is Jed, and he's now six years old. Uh, a tri-colored Border Collie too, which is really unusual. The, uh, yes. we, had some, we had some doubts. We thought uh, someone might have jumped the fence. Uh, when he was uh, when he was uh, before he was born, and um, it, it, we confirm with the uh, border collie association, they said they're absolutely border collie, and uh, he, uh, which is which is good. Um, but he's uh, he's the most beautiful dog, far too smart for human things. Uh, the funny thing is, when he comes across to our house, if if my daughter and, and our grandson stays with us overnight, as they often do. Um, he makes a beeline for my bed, and my daughter refers to him as um, as a traitor. Um, but he's, <laughs> she looks after him all the time, and then he comes next thing. He's on my bed. Um, he's uh, he's the most beautiful. Cause so I walk him a lot and run him. He's um, he's such an active dog that um, you've got to do him at least once or twice a day. I'm just about to take him out for a walk now. You've had but you've had quite a few dogs too over the years, haven't you? I, yeah, as a kid, we always—I grew up in the bush, and so I always, yeah. always had um, a kelpie. And uh, when we came to live in the city, when I was about ten, I brought a red kelpie with me. And uh, the poor fellow used to uh, round up the kids and round up the chooks, and basically just be uh, on a leash all the time, uh, you know, because he was rounding everybody. After but my, my dad, he was a country man, said, "No, you can't have this." So we had to send him put him on a train and send him back to the bush, which was a great pity. And then. For a while, my um, my wife, uh, who had a dog outside in the, in her house as a child, never inside, um, is um, is allergic to animal dander. Not to the not to the fur, but just the dander, and uh, and so we didn't have a dog through uh, our children's childhood. Unfortunately, um, we just patted other people's. But um, but then my daughter decided to get when she went out on the range. She said, "Well, you know, I've waited all this time. I need one." And and we've watched my wife Diane watched her. Change uh, towards the dog, even though she has to take antihistamine tablets to handle it. Um, she's um, we catch her out regularly. So you're a beautiful dog, Jed. You're a beautiful dog, Padding, uh Padding Jed, and he's a beautiful dog. He's so smart and so warm, and one of those border collies too, who um, he just likes people. I mean, he just doesn't especially like dog. He he would he would. Barely grounded a dog in his life, but uh, he just likes people. His left hip was uh, was causing trouble for some time because he's such an active dog and runs so much. Um, he, we also the vet also suggested he was probably in some pain. It was a we don't know whether it's a, a operation from uh, whether a hip trouble just that he was born with, but whether he developed it. And, um, but it, he just about, um, two weeks ago had a hip replacement. And, um, oh, it got to the stage where the, the vet was saying to us, look, he was, we had him uh, with some painkillers and he goes to a farm once a week to run around with other dogs, uh, a, a beautiful day and he comes back exhausted from that. But we were sort of, he come back with a little bit of a limp as though it was hurting. And so the vet was, um, was very conv- really convinced that the uh, operation would fix it, would make it much better, and also be painless. And at one stage, I think I, when my daughter came back after seeing the vet about uh, about the operation, she told me how much it was going to cost. And I said, oh, well, I said, well, let, let, let's put him down. And she laughed and said, yeah, sure, Dad, sure. Because uh, that was that was never a consideration. He uh, he just no. uh, he brings so much joy to our lives that uh, we had to look after.
2: See, one thing that will be good for him, of course, is what he loves to do, and that's go swimming. Non-weight-bearing exercise. They don't use their back legs as much when they're swimming. It's front legs, and they do stretch their back legs out. I is really Backfowl. good for him.
4: Yeah, Thank no, you, Roger. Totally no, any, right. any advice you've got? Uh, I'd love to do it because um, uh, he's. Uh, we're just a bit worried about because the uh, the the, uh, the scar, the stitching. We didn't want
1: chlorine no, or something to That's infect right.
4: it. But, yep. but uh, would you say a week or so's time? I would think so. I think once you hit the three
2: week mark, my uh, doctors had have that sort of surgery do go into a, a, a hydrotherapy uh, project, and you've got the pool there, and he likes it, and if it's not too cold for him. He'll enjoy that. It'll be good for him, really stretch those muscles out and get him going. And as I say, it's
4: non-weight-bearing, ideal for him. He's also the sort of dog, Rob, who um, if I went to your house um, by nature, he would. if you'd let him, he'd like to go through and check every room out just to he'd see. He'd be very welcome, Ray. He'd be very welcome. <laughs> but, but is that standard, Rob? Is that what what the working dog does like that, just go and check the environment out?
2: Yeah, they do. I mean, that's that's part of his job. Make sure that everything's safe for you, everything's all right. Yeah, they live in the world of smell and they want to just check out every room, make sure the smells are okay. Uh, he'll know straight away if someone's scared of him, yeah, they pick up that in their smell and then they get a bit worried, why are you scared? Are you dangerous or something? They, they pick yeah. all that up very quickly. They pick it up and they do. They'll, they, they just go through the house, have a look around and yeah, but he's well-behaved, well-mannered, so he, he's very welcome.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's in that sense, uh, I know I've seen him in a, a car a couple of times where we've done a long trip and we haven't stopped to uh, let him go to uh, go to the loo quickly and uh, he'll reach that point where, you know, you, he starts to to uh, to whine a bit and whine a bit more and you think, hang on, he's got to go, he's got to go, so there's no way he'd ever do it in the car, but he just, certainly lets you know. But the other thing I noticed with uh, Jenna's house is that if she's in the house and I go to see her. He'll bark with me coming in the side gate. If she's not there, he won't even hear me. He won't bark. He'll do nothing. It's almost as though once again there's no one to protect, and so he doesn't bother barking. But if the, if she's there or the baby's there, he'll bark. Um, you know, at anyone who comes in. With, they're just so precious. I understand why. Yeah. Um, you know why people uh, go from one to the other one when they when they they pass because as companions yeah. they're unbeatable, aren't
2: they? Oh, unbelievable! Unbelievable! Just unfailing love they have for you.
4: Mm, mm.
2: All, all the very best to you and your family and Jed and his recovery. If I can do anything to help, please let me know. I'd be very thanks.
4: happy to. You. Thank you, Rob. I'll take your advice. I'm, I'm waiting to have a screen with him as well, but um, <laughs> uh, I will come back if, uh, if I need to, man. I'll come back. You're very welcome. Thank you, Rob. Th- thanks, mate, very much. Bye.
0: Bye. Okay, it's time now to talk about our Celebrity Breed of the Week. And there's two of these dogs, they're both of the same breed, which is a Portuguese water dog. One is named Bo, and the other is named Sunny. So Rob, what is a Portuguese water dog, and who owns Bo
3: and Sunny? Yeah, yes. Portuguese water dogs, fabulous dogs. Um, would you believe I inherited one recently? Someone, a friend of ours, an old, dear old lady passed away. And I have a lot of dogs written down, uh, in wills that I will inherit. <laughs> oh, really? Is. She's not the first that's happened to. So we have now a Portuguese water dog ourselves. But the two you're talking about, in fact, Bo was often called First Dog because he belonged to the Obama family and the first family in America. And uh, the Obamas uh, bought a Portuguese water dog because of their daughter, Maria, who had a lot of allergies. And they were looking for a dog that was hypoallergenic. Be a bit careful when you go out buying dogs that you are told are hypoallergenic because it's not true. Not all of them are. Portuguese water dogs definitely are. They don't shed a lot of coat. They actually have to be trimmed off. So how big uh, can they grow? They grow to about, up to about 57 centimetres. In the old scale, that's about 22 and a half inches. Nearly two foot tall. And stand uh, with their head up even much taller than that. Very beautiful dogs. They have a special... Clip called a lion clip where the hair around the chest and the head is left long, the, the hair behind is cut down short. People say, Oh, that's just fashion. No, these dogs date back to the late 1800s. They come from Portugal, as the name suggests. Portuguese water dog, yep, native to Portugal and love water, just as the name suggests. They were used for fishing in their fishing villages. Would you believe they did some herding? Not of animals on land, but herding fish. They would push the fish into the nets for the fishermen. So they're good swimmers? or Great they would swimmers. In right. fact, the brood standard calls for webbed feet. They have a slight webbing in between the toes, more than other dogs, so that they can swim, and they love to swim. If you have a Portuguese water dog, you really should think about a place where you could take it for a swim, maybe once a week or once a month, depending on where you live, um, because they do love it. The... They used to also do a little bit of guarding of the place, but not heavy guard dogs. Their most important job today doesn't relate to jumping in the water and bringing the nets in or jumping in the water and herding the fish around or picking up whatever was gone overboard because they'd also jump in if a person fell overboard. They'd go and help that person come back into the boat or into shore. But their most important job, of course, now is a good family dog. And they do that very well. They are very friendly, love being with family. They just enjoy being part of that family. Uh, I think the worst thing you can do to any dog, and certainly with Portuguese war dogs, is just buy a dog and leave it in the backyard all the time. I'm a big one for open that back door and let the dog in. If the dog can't come in, you're just stuck outside why did you buy that dog in the first place? These guys love being with the family. But one would think if you're going to
0: buy a Portuguese water dog, you'd ma- want to make sure you can, as you say, take it for a swim once every week or two and sort of certainly have water as part of that dog's life. And, and
3: Bo does. Beau is the Obama's first dog. They bought him first, uh, named after Bo Diddley, named because uh, Michelle Obama's father was often referred to as Diddley because of his love of music. And so Bo Diddley, the Obama's dog, does go out swimming quite often and loves it.
0: OK, there's a, an old saying we've all heard, which is, let sleeping dogs lie. Now, that saying actually goes back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. I found references to it. Really? Back in the 1700s, the 1400s. But the oldest reference I could find is back in the book of Proverbs. Wow. And it's Latin, but uh, translated, it's along the lines of, he that passes by and meddles with strife belonging not to him is like one that takes a dog by the ears. (laughs) So I think that's the origins of let sleeping dogs lie. Now, this is certainly a, a sort of convoluted way of getting into why do dogs sleep so much? Mm, My oh, dog just sleeps all day, loves a walk, but mm. as soon as she's had the walk, it's straight back to sleep. Now, do dogs need more sleep than humans need?
3: Dogs look at us and say, why do you guys run around so much like headless chokes? That's what dogs say to me all the time. What's wrong with you people? Relax, slow down, you're going too fast. You've got to make the morning last. Dogs love sleeping because that's what they do. You know, they hunt. For food, and so they will hunt in the mornings and then again at sunset. Why those two times? Because that's when a lot of animals go to the watering holes or other. You know, the herbivores are on the move at those times, and that's a good hunting time. During the day, sun's shining. Why go wasting energy? You know, dogs very much are a natural animal more than we realize, and sleeping is pretty much a restful not just a restful period, it's also a period of repair to the body. So they'd go and enjoy their sleep. It's very normal for a dog to enjoy sleeping during the daytime.
0: Now, if we as humans slept as much as dogs do, people would be saying that's unhealthy, we're not getting enough exercise.
3: Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, Mediterranean life is uh, you have lunch and then you have siesta. Mexican life, you have lunch and then you have a siesta. Maybe we don't sleep enough in Western lives, and run ourselves ragged and mentally uh, drain ourselves so much. And this is, could be you know, the result of more diseases, mentally at least. Dogs know to conserve energy. There's no point. What? Why am I going to run in the middle of the day? What's the point of it, he says. I mean, there's nothing there to be done. If the family is out, oh, I'm up. Says the dog, I'm with the family, I'll go with it, they go, because the dog is, if nothing else, a pack animal, wants to run with the pack, wants to be with the family. So they'll take off and have a game in the middle of the day if that's what you're up for. If not, let's snooze and uh, just take it easy and enjoy our lives. That's what a dog's thinking all the time.
0: Hmm, intriguing. Now, we are almost finished with our episode of the Doggy Pod this week, but before we go... Remember the question we asked at the beginning of the show, Mm. which was, what is the oldest breed of dog in the world? Was it A, German Shepherd, B, the Irish Wolfhound, C, the Saluki, or D, the Norwegian Lapund? And the answer is...
3: The Saluki. You'll find him on the sides of pyramids. Exactly. You'll see those
0: hieroglyphics and uh, there's
3: that profile with the long nose. That is a Saluki. Thousands of years, B.C., the Salukis walked this earth and they still do now. Okay, that's it for this show. Now,
0: on our next episode of the Doggy Pod, can dogs be vegans? That's a big question. I know a lot of people are very keen at their dog become a vegan. Um, our celebrity dog breed is a Doberman pincer. Now, I know, Rob, mm. you're going to say there's no such word as a pincer when you well, attach it to Well, there,
3: there isn't, there isn't. It's more these days referred to as a, a Doberman.
0: Just a Doberman.
3: Just a Doberman. We'll talk why the word pincer even came up in the name of the breed, but...
0: Well, our celebrity Doberman Pinscher or Doberman, is owned by one of the most famous young women in the world.
3: Uh, we're also going
0: to get into looking after your dog's teeth. And Dr. Rob talks dogs and long-distance romance with actor and presenter Luke Jacobs. And a whole bunch of other things. So if you've enjoyed the podcast, the Doggy Pod podcast, please subscribe. Uh, we'll be back every week with a whole bunch of interesting new stories about dogs and looking after our dogs and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff as well.
3: If you love dogs, why don't you subscribe? That's crazy. Of course, they'll subscribe, Stephen. In fact, we're getting inundated now with subscriptions. But <laughs> basically,
0: uh, basically, if you've got a dog, you should be listening to the Doggy Pod every week because you will learn an enormous amount
3: you'll hopefully have a bit of fun along the way. Anyway, that's, uh, that's it for me. Yep, and so don't go barking up the wrong tree, and I'll see you next week on The Doggy Pod.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.